Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today, we have uh, a panelist, uh, Suzanne Gordon, who is a VHPI senior policy analyst, and her work expands over decades reporting on health care programs, workers, policy, and she has authored or edited 21 books. Suzanne has written two books of her own, The Battle for Veterans Health Care and Wounds of War. And with her, she has a special guest, uh, Jasper Craven, who is the Veteran Healthcare Policy Institute Interim Executive Director. And what we're going to be discussing is a new commission and their target for closing VA hospital. This is uh, really a, a, a fact near and dear to most veterans' hearts about this uh, contention about whether VA should be, remain open or not. So I'm so, so glad to have you here, Suzanne, and your guest, uh, uh, Jasper Craven. Thank you for having us. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, you know, why, why don't you, Jasper, why, why don't you uh, give us some more information on this? What is going on with this targeting for closing VA hospitals? There's enough going on in the media for me to have my uh, stomach upset every day, and this is yet another dimension that you're bringing up. So tell us about this. What's going on right now? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having us. Sure. Um, so basically this is a... Uh, residual policy from the Trump administration that will soon be um, set up under President Biden. In 2018, uh, Trump passed what's called the VA Mission Act, which was chiefly a policy meant to outsource and privatize veterans' health care. And contained within this uh, law is what's known as uh, the Air Commission or the Asset and Infrastructure Review Commission, and essentially what will soon happen is a uh, nine-member panel will meet to discuss very broadly and also in specific terms the VA's um, infrastructure footprint today and for the future. And um, we at VHPI are very concerned because um, there is a good chance that this uh, commission could be weaponized, especially by um, – ideological interests and those representing private health care interests to uh, close VA facilities across the country um, improperly in order to siphon even more care away from the VA and into the private uh, sector, which will certainly, uh, you know, pad the pockets of executives at massive healthcare companies like Ascension and Blue Cross Blue Shield and, and others. Yeah, it sounds like you said it started with the Trump administration and many of the policies we know, you know, have been uh, sort of pulled back or uh, sort of deleted <laughs> with the new administration. Is this something that they are aware of or how, how are they uh, addressing this particular issue now? Well, it's really unclear. Um, I mean, in our view, you know, the whole the whole thing should be scrapped and actually in mm -hmm. I think it was 2019, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, the senator, and Mike Rounds, I guess, Montana. Um, was it Montana, Jasper? I think it's South Dakota. No, South Dakota. South Dakota, sorry. Please mm -hmm. forgive me, mm -hmm. Senator Rounds. 
um, <laughs> for, for actually introduced a bill to repeal that the whole air commission and sadly the veteran service organizations um, didn't really support it and it didn't go anywhere and they were really concerned um, correctly that rural hospitals would be really vulnerable and and here's the thing about the the way this was written um, it was written to be sort of like a base closing um, um, commission where they would nine people would make a list of VA facilities to be shuttered, uh, renovated, um, consolidated, repurposed, et cetera, or improved. And, uh, and of course, under Trump, the improved part was not what they were after. And, and um, they, they created this commission, and they basically insulated its actions from congressional input because whatever lists they come up with has to be voted up or down. So if you know, somebody in Chicago says, wait a minute, you know, we don't want to shut this program down at, at the Chicago VA. Um, they couldn't just pluck that out, you know. And so, you know, you either vote the thing up or you vote the thing down. And that that would be very hard to do, you know, to vote it down. Now, the president could um, could say no to it, and the president could send it back to the commission, and then the president and the commission could adjust the list, and the president could either say yes or no again. But again, how likely is that, even with Joe Biden? I know maybe it is, but the the uh, process is very disturbing because the nine-member commission reserves seats for veteran service organizations, three seats, and a seat for somebody who works in a integrated health system of in a private sector health system of which has more than five fifty million dollars in revenue, but when they say integrated in the private sector, they don't mean integrated, you know, in like in the VA where they give integrated coordinated care. They just mean it, it's a collection of hospitals um, that are integrated, um, um, basically financially. Yes. And um, then there's one seat for somebody who has experience in construction in the federal sector. But there's no seats that are set aside for anybody with pub, uh, experience in a public health care system, with population health, with veterans' health problems. So, you know, the, the, the seats could be filled by people with special interest in privatizing the VA. And Biden may or may not um, be aware of that. Or, I mean, it's not, you know, I think he's very committed to reversing Trump-era privatization and anti-government initiatives. But in this case, we are quite concerned about um, about this. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about the composition of the uh, commission, and then you, you really uh, gave a good uh, overview of it. But you said something else that really I think was uh, a key point, is that many of the uh, VA facilities are in rural areas. And uh, many of our, you know, uh, you know, our outposts, our forts, and that kind of thing are in, uh, you know, army bases, you know, air force bases, navy, are in areas where you don't have uh, a very high uh, level of health care in general for the community. And so, if you right. if you remove those from those rural areas, and uh, you know, the fort sills, the, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, throughout the country, you, you end up um, potentially. 
not having some place for a veteran to go. Oh, you, you you know that you just hit the proverbial nail right on the head. I mean, but it it you know the problem is that um, VA facilities are very very important to not just veterans but to their families. They're yes. economically very important to the local community. I mean, there's a formula that's like two to one. If you have a hospital that's worth a hundred million the spending that that generates is is 110 you know it's it's more than than the hospital's worth because you know the nurses and doctors go to the grocery store and they get their roof fixed and they take their kid to the doctor or you know to school et cetera, et cetera. and so teachers are employed and the the issue really that is critical i mean there's so many critical issues with this air condition one of the really critical issues, and VHPI has sent in comments to the Federal Reg- Register, is they are going to judge these facilities by, you know, how well utilized they are. And we want to ask them to, to do more than just a head count, you know, like, oh, there's, you know, 500 veterans or 100,000 veterans are served here. Well, you know, we're expecting a decline in the veteran population, so that means... You know, maybe there'll be, in 10 years, 80,000 veterans served in that hospital. But as you know, because you're in health care, um, you know, um, if you have, you could have 80,000 patients who have, because they're aging and they're veterans and they have complex conditions, they would still need more resources, even though, there are fewer of them, which is what we've actually seen over the past several decades. Is better in the veteran population declines, but because of their complex service-related conditions that suddenly get recognized, and because they're aging and they get yes. sicker, they're, they use more resources, including more doctors and nurses and PTs and OTs and so forth. So you have to get really specific. They have to ask really specific questions. And the questions that the VA leadership put forth as the questions that were going to be asked are really were disturbingly vague. Yes. You know, and, you know, part of my, um, you know, my past history, you know, I was a former director for the Illinois Department of Public Health. And uh, as a part of that, I was able to see other countries, their, their, um, the, the way they established their systems and to ask people, um, how did you actually come about making your system? And some of the most efficient uh, governments right now in the world, you know, dealing with uh, the COVID response, COVID-19 response, they actually um, model their system after our Department of Defense, our VA system. They actually use that, and it's one of the most efficient systems out there. So the efficiencies within the VA system, having your records, having things uh, in place so that things can be expedited, your testing, is, is, is the most efficient system I've seen as a physician, you know, personally. I've you know, seen a lot of different hospital and clinical settings. So uh, that efficiency we should not uh, be losing. And to your point, we should be, you know, having a place where people are familiar with veterans and their issues and not uh, going to a private doctor has no clue about what you're talking about. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's terrifying what uh, yeah. these doctors don't know about veterans, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. um, and and it's just, and, you know, what, what's even worse is, so they just got a budget 
for 2021 for $18.5 billion for what they call community care, which is the euphemism they use for for for-profit private sector care. And that, so that's for 2021, one year, the private sector care has, has, is equals what they spent in three years in total under choice. So wow. you can see the escalation in costs, and then they've just had to, I think, add, what is it, Jasper, another 3.8 or something billion to 2022? I mean, this Definitely. kind of care, this fragmented private sector care is really expensive because everything's, you know, an ER visit with a $4,000 workup. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous, <laughs> and we're supposed to be getting better, not worse, right? You know, so so you know, Jasper, what can we do? I mean, to 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 really push this issue because it's a it's an issue that hits the heart of every veteran and their families. Um, you know, the family members that, that seek care. What should we be doing to to voice our concerns or to get involved in this process? Yeah, I mean, I would urge listeners to call their local representatives, their senators, and, you know, make sure that they're paying attention to this commission and that they're aware of the vital services that their local VA provides. I mean, unfortunately, politics has really overwhelmed policy when it comes to the VA in recent years. I mean, as Suzanne and you have just pointed out, this is an efficient system. It's the, it's also the cheapest uh, way to care for veterans. You know, this is a this is a smart expenditure of taxpayer dollars. And so mm-hmm. people can weaponize arguments and say that by closing down a VA facility, there will be some sort of cost savings. But that is so short sighted in the long run. This is just going to cost more money. It's going to result in poor health outcomes for those who served. So, you know, I, I think that very few lawmakers really have this on their radar. And yet it's it's an impending threat. And uh, people need to, you know, speak up about it. Well, so, so, so their constituents, the people that are voting for them, will actually have to pay more in taxes potentially. You know, it, it seems like that's something they would be want to pay attention to. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm voting for someone, I want someone who's going to be, you know, uh, rational and is approaching this in the right way so that we uh, spend our tax dollars on things that really are meaningful as we, re, you know, rebuild the nation. And this doesn't seem like it's a logical step. It seems like it's counterproductive right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Joe Biden's main campaign pledge was to build back better. And that needs to also apply to the Department of Veterans Affairs. And that's what uh, we at BHPI are really fighting for. That is fantastic. Um, is Is there something else that... You know, uh, is there a place that someone can call or find out more information on this to be, you know, educate yeah, themselves? Yeah, if, if you go um, to our website, which is veteranspolicy.org, um, we have a whole bunch of papers about um, um, the issue of, um, of of this kind of uh, air commission and so forth. And Monday we're putting up another paper that I wrote. Mm-hmm. which is an analysis of a of a new article that came out in the Journal of the American Medical Association Network um, where these two privatizer doctors are recommending kind of reducing the VA p- footprint from delivering comprehensive care to just primary care, mental health, and, and maybe rehab and some other sort of services, and then people would be sent to the private sector. 
um, you know, for urology or or whatever, you know, and this would dangerously fragment veteran care and also increase costs. So, you know, if you go to VHPI and you look under the blog or you look under mm-hmm. our work, you'll find a lot of stuff. And we are also having a Zoom meeting, which, uh, Jasper, will it be advertised on our website? It's it's um, it's going to be on the 29th of April at a... I guess it'll be noon. No, wait. It'll be mm-hmm. one o'clock 2 central. Uh, two, one two p.m. central. Two p.m. central. Okay. Yeah. Two p.m. central. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would I would advise folks uh, visit veteranspolicy.org and sign up for the newsletter uh, to be on the email list. We don't, you know, spam people at all. We don't sell information, but you'll get you know periodic updates about what we're doing. You'll get information about the Zoom forum. Um, and, you know, be able to, to keep track of these issues. Yeah, because our Zoom forum will have some really great um, healthcare experts <clears throat> who are looking, experts in the impact of hospital closings, of the failure of, of the broader healthcare system to provide prim- primary care and deal with people's social needs. It's going to be really a great forum. We're very excited about it. Okay, well, we have about two more minutes to go. Uh, maybe in the last two minutes, if you can uh, tell us, um, you know, really uh, why people really should be concerned about this. And if there are legislators listening, I know that some that do uh, listen uh, to the show. Um, and we also have fi- firefighters who are veterans, um, and we also have uh, police officers who are veterans as well who I know listen to the show up and finding out about more and more of that this week. Uh, but this goes, you know, nationally, internationally. And what what is the message that you want to send about uh, why our veterans count and why we should be taking care of them in a proper way with the VA system? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that for so long in American history, there has been this unfortunate trend where, you know, a war happens and those coming back from that conflict are not properly cared for. Lawmakers never fully uh, budget out the long-term consequences of this fighting. And I think it may be enticing now, as President Biden has just announced the end, hopefully, of conflict in Afghanistan, to think that sort of these issues are wrapping up. And, you know, frankly, the Air Commission is betting on the fact that there will not be another conflict perhaps ever, or at least in the near term. But I I just, you know, I find myself as I study these issues so frustrated by the fact that these issues, these mistakes are repeated over and over, these assumptions that, you know, that that the the struggles of veterans, that their health care needs are short-term issues is just so wrong. And what needs to happen is the budgeting needs to be appropriate. It needs to be strong so that veterans are able to get care easily so that they don't suffer mental health issues. They're not frozen out of this system. Yeah. Uh, you know, health care is such a strong indicator of of quality of life. And so yes, people yes. really support health care uh, in, in the right way. Well, thank you very, very much, partner, uh, our partner, Veteran Health uh, Care Policy Institute, VHPI. And again, go to uh, veteranspolicy.org. Um, and the 29th of April, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, they're going to have a Zoom meeting that sounds like it's really important for us to be a part of. And then also uh, we need to um, thank Suzanne uh, Gordon for her partnership with us. And Jasper Craving, thank you again for your um, insight and what you've been saying. 
Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.